Listen as I read for us God's invitation to that great rest and grace that come to us in Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 17. God's people are in the wilderness, and this is what God calls them to, that they might know him and his grace. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in, on, that is in heaven above, or that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your father and mother, that your days may be long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May God take this holy word and write it upon our hearts and show us his great hope as we reflect upon it today. Let's pray. Father, let your good news come now and find us as you have found us, not only in word, but in power, in your Holy Spirit, and with the full assurance that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts will be truly acceptable in your sight, O Lord, for you are our rock and you are our salvation. All these things we pray in the strong name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, I go back a ways on this one, the Sabbath and the meaning of Sabbath. And uh, so I go back to the first week or so that I was a pastor, which is nearly 35 years ago, and I was in a small town in West Texas, Hereford, Texas. It's near the tree in West Texas. There's one tree. <laughs> and if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. It was on a Sunday afternoon. And uh, it was after church, and I went into a store that sold just about everything. We called them variety stores back then. This was TG&Y, for those of you who remember that time. And it was 1985, and I can't remember what I went in for. Something tells me it was a bicycle pump, but what I do remember is I walked into this store, and the most fascinating thing for this Southern Californian greeted me. Here was a blue string 
running in very strange patterns all around the store. Now, some of you are, are old enough and have lived in regions of the country, you know what this is about. But I didn't get it. So I had to ask the clerk what was going on, and I was kindly told, oh, you poor Yankee. <laughs> well, they were nice to me. They said, this is about blue loss. That's why the string was blue. And I need to look that up on Google, why it was a blue loss. Somebody here probably knows. But the blue laws and the blue string forbade the sale of anything that was inside the lines of the string on, uh, on Sunday. And most of the time it was things like brooms or mops or hammers or saws or shovels or anything that you would do work with. Isn't that interesting? And this is 1985. It's not that long ago. Well, for some of you it is. But. Uh, and as quaint as it seemed, I really liked it. I thought, this is cool. This is an overt statement in secular society that God's law really does play a part in everyday secular life. And uh, it basically said, remember. Remember what day this is. Remember it's the Sabbath day. Remember this is God's day. This is the day that God calls us to a different way of living. Keep it holy. Set it apart. Make it different. Do not let it be like just any other day. Now, I, I'm pretty sure those days in West Texas are gone today. Doug, Doug and Lynn, where are you? You're out here someplace. Got, got string up in the stores anymore? I don't think so. But you remember, Dumas, Texas probably had the same thing, Doug. Yeah. I'm pretty sure those days are gone, sadly. But more sad, the reality is that we don't talk about Sabbath much anymore in the church and certainly not in culture. The whole idea that there really is supposed to be a boundary that is far more than a string. We don't have time, ironically. It isn't practical, we say, to have that kind of a Sabbath. We just we, we can't be doing that. Look at all the money that would be lost. We need to get this job done. And people need to sell stuff. That was then, and this is today, we say. We can't do that anymore. That was just a quaint throwback to an old time. Some even say the Sabbath is not repeated in the New Testament. You know, all of the Ten Commandments are repeated in the New Testament. But the Sabbath is not repeated. So people say, well, that was, that was then, and we don't have to do Sabbath anymore. But you know what? You know what? Jesus observed the Sabbath. Now the Pharisees didn't think he did, but Jesus very much observed the Sabbath. And do you know why? Because he was totally at the Father's disposal. He was fully God, but he was fully at, at the Father's disposal. And the Father said, you're going to have a Sabbath, and you're going to show these people what Sabbath really means that it isn't just some sort of set of rules that you can neatly obey and not obey or, or manipulate. He observed the Sabbath because he was God. And you know what? God rested. Isn't that something? God created everything that is. God created the whole universe. And then God rested. The scriptures tell us.
Did God need a Sabbath? Did God go, oh man, that was tough. I gotta sit down. That's what we tend to think in our, our human language, isn't it? No. God was not tired. God was not, it was like, whew, I wonder what, now I wonder what I'll do. Well, you know what I think I'll do? I'm going to take a Sabbath, and I'm going to just look at this. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to appreciate it. I'm going to marvel at it. I'm going to delight in it. God did not need a rest. So why did he take a Sabbath, and why should we? Simple. We are to do what God did. And because we do need a Sabbath, we do get tired. And as much as we need more rest than we take, we need a Sabbath to stop and look at what really matters in life. I was talking with uh, Billy Brown on, on a, a text message this morning. I was thanking him for, he and Wanda and our deacons for doing such a marvelous job at our memorial services and our receptions. And, and Billy said, you know, memorial services are really important times for stopping to remember what really matters. I, th I think there's a Sabbath component to that, Billy. And I think we all need to stop and realize Sabbath is a point where we realize we're not in control. Life will come to an end. We will, we will come to the end of our, our abilities. God stopped and saw what he had done and he smiled and he said, that is really good. God calls us to stop and see the larger nature of what he's done and to realize just what it is God has done for us in making us his own, finding us, coming and looking for us. Every once in a while you'll hear the expression, I was, I was just so lost until I found Jesus. You know what? Nobody finds Jesus. Jesus finds us. Long before we ever went looking, he put it in our hearts to look for him. Sabbath is not then some kind of a heavy-handed law. Remember, this is the one where God starts off by saying, remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. It's a grace. It's a gift. Sabbath is God's call to have for free what we need more than anything we could earn. Sabbath is, is remembering God says, I love you. I've got you. You're mine. It's a blessing. It's a change in rhythm. It's a place of turning aside to do nothing. The nothing God calls for is the everything of our lives. You see, stopping and doing nothing is actually doing something. To here today, we're worshiping. We're remembering. Sabbath is Hebrew that means simply to cease from work, which we too quickly take to mean to simply leave our work or chores, but it is more than this. It is to stop and let God order our lives because we drift from this. This is why our great hymn calls to God saying, drop thy still dews of quietness till all our strivings cease. Take from our souls the strain and stress and let our ordered lives confess the beauty of thy peace. When we stop and we rest, we recognize who's in control and what God's peace really is. We don't write hymns like that much anymore. I'm grateful for KNIS to play those. 
But we need to think more about that. We need to think more about the depth of what God is calling us for in this command. In fact, a Wheaton College professor said some time ago, these days we seem to work at our play and we seem to worship our work and we seem to play at our worship. We've got our priorities all mixed up. God wants more for us than this and God wants us to know as we let God's Holy Spirit set the tempo of our lives that we are to include Sabbath as a centerpiece in which communion with God is our highest calling. That's what Sabbath is about, which is to say it doesn't have to only be, in fact, it shouldn't just be Sunday. Notice how detailed this command is. He really goes into significant detail. Why do we run away from this call to rest when God is calling us to experience a gift? Hmm. God calls his people to remember that God rested and we are to rest in him. And we find that as we do that together each week, that now we find we are in the first day of the week. And that the Sabbath was even in Leviticus that day after the Sabbath, uh, when the first day was called a sacred assembly. And that's why in the church now, the Sabbath is Sunday. The rest day is after everything is completed. God rested initially because he finished his creation, but his ultimate rest is which he calls us to rest in his new creation that was accomplished in Jesus Christ. Initially, Israel observed the Sabbath to remember God's work of creation and deliverance in the Exodus. But now and forever, we remember God's ultimate act of deliverance as we rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ. That's why we are to stop together. Not to say, oh, I can do Sabbath on the golf course. I can do Sabbath while I'm water skiing. No, we need to be together to remind one another how essential that rest in Jesus Christ is. This is why we sing, Finish then thy new creation, pure and spotless let us be. Let us see thy great salvation perfectly restored in thee. Change from glory into glory till in heaven we take our place, till we cast our crowns before thee lost in wonder, love, and praise. Sabbath is the time we come together and we point toward the finished work that God accomplished in Jesus Christ and we remind each other of it. It is not that blue laws were too strict or that we need a more rigid, pharisaical Sabbath observance today, although I think we do on some level. But we need Sabbath observance because of the larger hope to which it literally calls us and that is to cease, to stop from anything that would cause us to miss the nature of what God is doing in delivering us from separation from himself. That's what Sabbath is. Come, let's enjoy the relationship that was originally intended. God created and God said, ah, oh, look, we're in relationship. And that got broken. And God has restored it in Jesus Christ. And now Sabbath is a time to stop and realize we have been claimed, we have been found by Jesus Christ. God redeemed us. And I am sorry, no, no, as a matter of fact, I'm not. But to routinely miss the Sabbath is to miss life itself. 
And no, recreation is not celebrating recreation. To forsake true worship on a regular basis is to drift or even defy our identity as the redeemed people of God. You know, when I graduated from seminary 30 plus years ago, they, they told us as young pastors, if you go to a church and they say that the membership is 500 and that 250 people are normally in worship, that's a good percentage. In other words, a healthy church was when people missed church half the time. Wow. And we, we just kind of accepted that. Do you know it's down to 25% now? Now they say if, if a church has a membership of 500 and 125 people are in worship on a regular basis, that's, that's pretty normal. And the reason I bring that up is because the other 75% are missing what they need. And the, the 25% who are there are missing that 75%. We are to be together. I say this not to criticize, but to warn. God called us to a Sabbath remembrance because it is as we remember this, we remember life. And we embrace God embracing us. A quick prayer or a devotion is a demotion of God to second or last in our lives. That fast food, oh yeah, okay, it's Sunday, yeah, okay. Thanks, God, see ya. We mock God when we say, yes, I know God loves us and died for us. Now, can I go play? And I know I'm preaching to the choir because you're here. But it is as we remember this and our need for Sabbath that we are equipped to share it with those who have been led away from knowing the hope of resting in the one who alone can set us free. Olympian Eric Little would not run on the Sabbath. It wasn't just principle. He knew he would not because he knew that to do so would be to say, there is no God. He was God's man. Jesus did not abolish the Sabbath. He gave it fulfillment by showing that we were not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath for us, which is not to give up the Sabbath as it had been so narrowly defined by Judaism, like, oh, well, if you don't step on this crack and you do these things, then you've observed the Sabbath, but rather to say, hey, the Sabbath is bigger than that. It's time to really stop and contemplate what it means to be loved by God and to love God. It is not a narrow string tied around a section in the stores or how we define work so as to give ourselves an excuse to do whatever we think we need to be doing rather than worshiping. But it is a call to experience a relationship with God that is holy and makes us holy. I read this this week, and this is from the early 1960s, from uh, the Secretary of Health, Education, and Welfare, believe it or not. He said, we can keep ourselves so busy, fill our lives with so many diversions, stuff our heads with so much knowledge, involve ourselves with so many people, and cover so much ground that we never have time to probe the fearful and wonderful world within. By middle life, most of us are accomplished fugitives from ourselves. And I would add fugitives from God because we have smartphones. Don't do it, Bill, don't get one. <laughs> Hold off, Rose. 
We're fugitives to all of the, the things in this world that divert us, diversions. It sounds innocent enough, doesn't it? Diverting us from what? From relationship with God. Recent studies are showing that taking time for silence restores the central nervous system, helps sustain energy, conditions our minds to be more adaptive and responsive. And in a 2013 study of 43,000 workers, the disadvantages of noise and distraction associated with an open office plan outweighed the things that they thought they would get it from that. And we live in an open office plan, even if you don't work in a cubicle. The open office plan is the cacophony, the sound, the craziness, the busyness of the world in which we are. And that's why we need Sabbath. Maybe it was, was it Will I was talking to yesterday after the service? We talked about how, no, it was Troy. It was Troy Stansberry talking about how wonderful it is to come into this space. And you can come in here anytime you want. And how utterly quiet it is. And how healing and redemptive that is. Chuck and Pat, you found that when you came to a memorial service that didn't even look like it was here. But you came anyway. And God was here and met you here in that. And you were transported into that memorial service thousands of miles away, weren't you? God calls us into silence to restore us because God knows what we need. So we really need to make every day a Sabbath. Jesus said, come to me, remember? Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you something more to do. Is that right? No! I'll give you rest. I'm not going to have you go play shuffleboard, and I'm not going to have you stack marbles. I'm going to let you, I want, I'm going to call you to rest. So let me ask you, as we prepare to come to the table today, this resting place that doesn't save us, but points us to the one who does, thank you, Donald, what are you carrying? What's going on in your young or not so young life that needs to be given to God so that Sabbath rest can enter into you. See, we live in a world that needs that rest. Who do you know who needs Sabbath rest and needs to see it happening in and through you as you say, no, I'm not going to do one more thing. I'm not going to do the 47 things I have on my list. In fact, I'm not going to do any of those things. I'm going to stop. And I'm going to learn what it means to truly rest in the one who gave himself for me. How do people need to see that rest lived out in us? Today, we have been called to the rest of Sabbath that binds us together in our need for Jesus Christ. We have been given the gift of surrender, to surrender everything to him so that we would start living today in what he has done for us. May we experience this. May we explore it. May we wear it. May we put it on. And may the world see this and be changed because we do. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we need the rest that only you can give. And you call us to that. And we confess that we get too busy to hear that call. And we say, yeah, as soon as I'm done, 
One more thing. Forgive us. Calm us. Take hold of us. And draw us to where you know we need to be so that others would see the rest that is from you alone. In your precious name we pray.